Welcome to the Red Light Report, your number one source for all things red light therapy, where you will learn how to optimize your health, wellness, and longevity with the power of photobiomodulation. I'm your host, Dr. Mike Belkowski. What's going on, everybody? Thanks for joining me on another episode of the Red Light Report. Uh, Today, we're going to get into some very, very interesting information, some new information as it relates to, uh, let's call it one of the cousins of methylene blue. And so we're going to learn a lot about it. And uh, spoiler alert, we're going to announce the release of a new BioLite product, specifically a supplement. So as we learn the nuances and the advantages of this new uh, molecule, so to speak, keep that in mind as far as if it's something you think you'd be interested in adding to your health and wellness and longevity regimen. And I almost guarantee you, you'll at least be interested in considering it after we disclose uh, the research and the information behind it. But before I put the cart before the horse and all of that exciting information and and the release of this new BioLite product, I want to go over a recent post that we had on the BioLite Instagram page. So if you follow BioLite on Instagram and you happen to miss this post or this set of stories we had this past weekend, or if you just don't use social media altogether, I wanted to take a moment to share with you guys some really, really cool of feedback or or comments that we got on this post. And so the post was simply, the feed post said, tell me you use red light therapy without telling me you use red light therapy. So another way of saying, give us a summation or give us a, a phrase that lets us know like that you're utilizing red light therapy without directly saying it. You know, it's one of those colloquial new aged, new generation sayings. Tell me you're from Montana without telling me you're from Montana, right? Something like that. But regardless, so we put that post out and we got massive, massive response from it in the comment section. And so again, uh, the subsequent weekend after that post, uh, we posted and highlighted a lot of the comments that people left. And so I'm going to take a moment here to highlight the comments so all of you can learn and listen from these people. So... The first one is someone commented that I regained my lost vision at 45. So at 45 years old, this gentleman used red light therapy and regained his lost vision. That was the most liked comment in secondary to that post. Another one, my skin has improved so much, I no longer use makeup foundation. And, And for all the ladies out there, like that's massive. That's a massive comment to make. Red light therapy has helped the skin or her skin so much, she no longer has to use makeup foundation. That's massive. And again, guys, red light therapy, the fastest thing to improve is the skin because it's so superficial and in the skin, there's so much cell turnover that as you improve mitochondrial function, that's that's the lowest hanging fruit with red light therapy. Uh, So whether it's reducing wrinkles, improving just the... uh, improving collagen production, elastin production. So you're just getting that healthy, robust, plump skin. And so it's massive for anti-aging skin. So it's really cool to hear someone's anecdote highlighting that. So it's like in the real world, it's actually happening, right? It's not just it's not just hearsay or, or theory. Like it's actually playing out in people's uh, lives. Uh, another one from a gentleman in his 40s. He said he, he's hitting personal records at 40. And so we commented, that is amazing. 
And then he commented back, The recovery benefits have been incredible. I bounced back from training and any minor injuries like I'm 20. I have also incorporated preconditioning on competition and big training days. So he filled us in with a lot of things. A, at age 40, who knows when he started implementing red light therapy, but he's, he's hitting personal records for lifting weights at age 40. Secondarily, he's bouncing back from training or minor injuries like he's, like he's in his 20s, right? Like in his, uh, his early 20s. Not sure if it, he learned it from BioLite or this podcast, but he's been incorporating the preconditioning, which we know seems to be the most advantageous form of red light therapy as it relates to improving your, not only your exercise performance, and that includes muscle strength, muscle power, uh, just cardio endurance, let alone the recovery aspect. So the preconditioning versus doing it after or even during doing it during the exercise bout, it seems that preconditioning is most advantageous. So again, this gentleman is saying that he's been utilizing that preconditioning concept on his competition and his big training days. Here's another cool one. This lady said that my kids are sleeping better. And someone followed up by asking, I need to try this with my son. What time of day do you do this? And she followed up by saying, I have it on in the room all night. Not on bodies or in eyes or faces, but the recipe so far to helping them sleep better lately is the red light, cooler temp in room, and a humidifier. So again, very cool. Whether if it's personally or again, you have kids or children that are having issues sleeping, uh, this woman is highlighting that the red light, specifically the red light, not the near infrared, because it's it's more so that visual light that seems to be helping and calming. Uh, but then, of course, the cooler temperature in the room, which is sleeping hygiene 101. That's one of the one things you need to have is a cooler temperature. Or now there's these new gadgets where you can have your bed increase or decrease in temperature accordingly. But again, you, your, your body wants to be more cool, to be more relaxed, to be more able to get into those brainwave states that allow for, for healthy recovery in, in sleep. So again, she's highlighting the red light, a cooler temperature, and a humidifier. And I can testify to all three of those, and especially <laughs> the humidifier. Up here in Montana in the winter, it gets so, so dry. Either your throat's going to be dry, your, lap, your, 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 um, your lips are going to be chapped, or your skin is going to be dry. And so I've been using the humidify religiously, especially mid-fall through late spring up here in Montana for years and years now. Uh, but it, it truly does make a difference, uh, or at least I notice a difference when I don't have my humidifier on. It's like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I forgot last night to fill it up and turn it on. So it does make a difference. But it's cool. Regardless, she's highlighting red light as a way that our kids are improving their sleep. Another one. This lady says that she's healing injuries, her thyroid. She's seen improving skin elasticity, reducing inflammation, and supporting mitochondrial health. So that's a cool comment in itself because it's highlighting a lot of things, not just hammering home one point, which which has its own benefits, right? But she's showing just she's healing injuries, her thyroid's improving, her skin's improving, reducing inflammation, supporting mitochondrial health, which at the end of the day is the root cause for, for all of those, uh, but very cool. This person says that they are seeing better sleep. She is seeing less anxiety. And overall, she's understanding the biohacks and light exposure as a way to improve her overall health. So she says, thanks to BioLite and thanks to Carrie Bennett. 
She tagged us both in that comment. And of course, I've had Carrie Bennett on multiple times. She is phenomenal, a quantum health expert. And within quantum health, of course, you have light. And so she's an expert in light. And I've learned tons and tons through through Carrie throughout the year. So she is a great source. Uh, on Instagram, she is at Carrie B Wellness, if you want to check her out. Another comment, uh, this lady says, no, I don't get Botox or fillers. I enable my body to make its own collagen naturally with a smiley face. So again, highlighting the benefits of red light therapy in skin health. Instead of going a, I don't know if we'll call Botox an allopathic route, but of course it's a more toxic route. If you look at the ingredients and in what the, the potential side effects, negative side effects of Botox and fillers. So if you can get the same or, or really a better result just by using light instead of a, a neurotoxin, then that's a winner, winner, chicken dinner. You know, that's going to be my new favorite saying, but it's true. Why, why inject something into your body if you can just use light or, or nature to get the same effect? Another one here, this is kind of funny. She says that my house glows red in the evening and morning. So kind of similar to that lady who says that the red light is really soothing and helps her kids sleeping. Uh, this is basically alluding to the fact of using that red light in her house for setting circadian. So if you simulate the sun rising and the sun setting, uh, and you're getting that red light at both of those times, then you're probably going to be helping set your own circadian rhythm, which means it's easier to fall asleep, it's easier to wake up and not be groggy. So you're just helping that circadian rhythm and that natural ebb and flow of cortisol and melatonin. And anytime you can do that endogenously versus, versus taking an exogenous supplement or adjuvant or what have you, any, any, anytime you can do that on your own with your own chemistry, that's kind of the apex of health. And then the next one here, she goes on to say, energized mitochondrial function over here, exclamation point, with some hearts. So again, just proven in, in, in singing the song of improved mitochondrial function uh, via the power of red light therapy. Another one, she goes on to say, and this is, this is another funny one, I learned that being quote unquote centered is important when the hair on one side of my head grew one inch longer than the other side with a with a laughing face emoji. And so uh, not centered like metaphorically, but literally centered when using red light therapy, because apparently the way she had her setup, I'm taking this from her comment here, is that the red light was in the near infrared was more so on one side of her head or face. And so over time, her hair grew longer on one side literally because of the way she had a red light therapy set up. It wasn't centered, as she said. So, I mean, that's pretty wild. And again, that speaks to the power <laughs> of light and, and how it can affect your biology uh, and, and specifically hair health, because I know there's a lot of interest. And of course, it's another, we can call it aesthetically pleasing uh, avenue for red light therapy. We have the skin for anti-aging. We want our faces to look pretty and the rest of our body. And then the hair, especially seemingly with this increased uh, rate that we have all these metabolic diseases such as diabetes and obesity. And I think part and parcel with the metabolic disease is, is your nail health, your hair health isn't as optimized as it should be. So we're seeing more male and female pattern baldness or thinning. So again, something as simple as light therapy, optimizing the energy in your cells 
via the mitochondria and improving the blood flow, which is important for the hair because uh, that, that superficial portion of your scalp that holds the hair follicle, the hair follicle doesn't have appropriate oxygenation via, via blood circulation, then it's eventually going to become brittle, it's going to thin and, and or turn gray and or fall out. So it's a combination of improving cellular energy, but also circulation to keep the hair follicles happy and restore that normal um, antigen phase, it's called, for the, for the hair follicles to maintain its health. So that's the end of the comments, but I think it highlights a lot of different ways that people are seeing benefits with red light therapy. It's not a one-trick pony. And, and I know that red light therapy gets massive exposure in the skin health industry, as, as it should, as, as a lot of the comments were about skin health, anti-aging skin, wound healing, no longer having to use Botox, not relying on different types of collagen supplements or makeup foundations to look pretty and beautiful. Simply using red light consistently can accomplish that for you. And, and step back and let's, let's think about this. You're, you're basically doing a one-time purchase or a one-time investment into something that can optimize your, your skin health perpetually, same with hair health, versus a lifetime regimen of purchasing a skin foundation or makeup foundation, I should say, or different types of collagen supplements that are geared towards skin health and or hair health or, or that whole side of things. Because um, that's kind of a slippery slope if you have to become attached to a product you have to purchase uh, on a monthly basis or just several times a year versus this one device or this one piece of technology that can do that for you forever, essentially. So that's just another way to think of red light therapy. And then, of course, you're not only getting a device or a technology that can improve your skin health or your hair health, but as was alluded to in those comments, you can improve your sleep, you can improve your thyroid function, you can improve your exercise and performance and recovery. And even all of those comments, those are just the tip of the iceberg. We know that red light therapy can essentially do, do I don't want to say almost everything. I don't want this to sound like a snake oil pitch, but again, when you understand the root cause of treating the mitochondria, like we all know here on this, the audience here, if, if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably typically savvy with, with mitochondrial health and, and how red light therapy works. But again, for those that are new or, or just not as aware, the root cause of a lot of these modern day diseases or illnesses or conditions, however you want to label it, the root cause is mitochondrial health or mitochondrial function because we need energy in our cells to have a robust and vital life. And the less energy you have per cell, the less, the less health you're going to have and really the more disease state you're going to have per cell. And so again, that's what red light therapy does. It optimizes mitochondrial health. Part and parcel of that is reducing inflammation, improving circulation. And those are really the three pillars that I look at when I think about red light therapy. But now, ladies and gentlemen, let's move on to the meat and potatoes. If you don't like carbs, then replace that those potatoes with some broccoli or asparagus. At this point, I'm sure you guys have heard of Methylene Blue, especially if you've been listening to this podcast. You guys have heard me shout from the mountaintops the many benefits of Methylene Blue. So Methylene Blue is a major, major mitochondrial booster. It has a lot of similar properties as red light therapy, but they actually work slightly differently as far as how they derive their benefits to the mitochondrial function. A couple of the, my favorite aspects include the fact 
fact that when you ingest it, the majority of the methylene blue ends up in your brain. So that's why you see these amazing cognitive, mental energy boosts from methylene blue. It can even stave off or prevent or reverse some types of neurodegenerative diseases like Alzheimer's, Parkinson's. This is my second favorite part about it. The methylene blue has this innate sense to help cells that have the most mitochondrial dysfunction first before helping other cells. So not only does it help cells that need the help most, but again, most of the methylene blue ends up in your brain where, as you all know, that is the most mitochondrial dense tissue in the body. Thus, that's why you see all these amazing benefits with the brain with methylene blue. And then thirdly, red light therapy and methylene blue are major synergists. So of course you have your independent benefits when you just use methylene blue or red light therapy. But when you combine them together, you amplify the benefits of one another and you get the synergistic response. So anyone that's interested in red light therapy should at least be considering or looking into the many benefits of methylene blue. And as you know by now, if you've been listening to this podcast, my company BioLite has recently released an enhanced methylene blue product that includes certain ingredients like NMN that further boost the energy production of the mitochondria. It also enhances the photodynamic activity already associated with methylene blue by including colloidal gold, colloidal silver, which have their own antimicrobial or cognitive benefits, silver and gold respectively, but they also have their own photodynamic benefits as well. So again, you're amplifying the benefits of red light therapy when you ingest BioBlue. Lastly, fulvic acid helps you absorb anything that you're consuming when you're also taking it with fulvic acid. So it drives everything deeper into the cells. When you take BioBlue, it helps further absorb the methylene blue, the NMN, and the colloidal gold and silver. So you get this enhanced methylene blue product with BioBlue. And so of course, for my loyal listeners, especially you guys that have listened this far into the ad in the middle of the episode here, I'm going to give you guys an exclusive 15% discount on your order of BioBlue. And you can apply that to a single pack or a double pack or a four pack or a 10 pack. And of course, with a larger quantity, you actually get an increased discount. Simply use coupon code BioBlue15 at checkout. That's BioBlue15 at checkout. And you can snag that 15% discount off your order of BioBlue. So if you're interested in seeing what all of the excitement around methylene blue is about from its ability to improve cognition, energy, improve mitochondrial function, and furthermore help mitigate or prevent things like Alzheimer's and Parkinson's and depression, pain, cancer, go ahead and give BioLite's methylene blue enhanced product, BioBlue, a shot and see what you notice, especially when you combine it with your red light therapy treatments. But let's move on to the uh, the entree of this solo sode. And it's about this new, and you've heard me speak about it before, so this isn't brand spanking new per se, um, but for most of you, it's gonna be pretty darn new. It's called Leucomethylene Blue. So we're all very familiar, especially if you've been listening to this podcast for several months now, um, and or if you've purchased BioBlue, which is our enhanced version, BioLite's enhanced version, Um, of methylene blue to optimize mitochondrial health and enhance the photodynamic properties of methylene blue. So we know the benefits of methylene blue, very um, potent way of also increasing your, your mitochondrial function and health in a different way than red light therapy. They work on different protein or respiratory proteins or different complexes within the mitochondria. There's complex one, two, three, four, and five. uh, And Methylene blue and red light therapy work on different complexes within the mitochondria. Thus, you're attacking mitochondrial function and mitochondrial health from various angles. And on top of that, 
Methylene blue is photodynamic, meaning you actually enhance the absorption of the red light and, and the excitation you get with your cytochrome C oxidase on the mitochondria by having methylene blue in your system. So not only are you attacking the methylene, or excuse me, not only are you attacking the mitochondria from multiple angles, but you're enhancing your red light therapy sessions by having methylene blue in your system. And so if you're just joining this, this podcast for the first time, or you're relatively new and you're not very familiar with methylene blue, I highly, highly recommend you go back and listen to my episode from last year that's entitled Top 10 Benefits of Methylene Blue. That was one of the most popular episodes of last year, and for good reason, because this methylene blue thing is, is quickly becoming more and more popular in the biohacking and the anti-aging communities for good reason, because of what it does. Just like red light therapy, it's a low-risk, high-reward um, mechanism for your health regimen. Again, it's another way to optimize your mitochondrial health and function, which at the end of the day is the root cause and, and one of the main ways that, that I believe people should be optimizing their health and wellness in general. It's attacking that mitochondrial health aspect. And so again, that's what methylene blue does. Methylene blue is a very dark blue. If you see it mixed in water, it becomes a royal blue and then a very, very dark blue. When people ingest it, you get this dark blue smurf tongue, which the biohackers love posting about on social media. But regardless, let's, let's bring it back to leucomethylene blue. So leucomethylene blue is essentially a reduced form of methylene blue. So it's a reduced and stabilized vitamin C salt of methylene blue. It's called leucomethylene blue ascorbate. It's a patent-free molecule. And, and like I mentioned, it's the reduced form of methylene blue having lower toxicity, higher bioabsorption, and instant antioxidant effect. So it has a lower toxicity because it's the reduced form. So with any impurities that were in methylene blue, most of that gets further removed when it's reduced, higher bioabsorption. So that means when you take it, it's a quicker hit. So for people that love methylene blue for that uh, cognitive, increased focused type of you know sensation or feeling that you get, like a heightened awareness, a heightened focus, that's further accentuated with leucomethylene blue because now your body doesn't have to reduce the methylene blue. It's already been reduced for you. So it's quicker to absorb and it's more bioavailable. And secondary to it being more bioavailable, you're going to have a more instant antioxidant effect. It also works as a cyclic and regenerative antioxidant, which I'll cover here in a moment. And then lastly, it has proven mitochondrial anti-aging activity. I'm not saying that methylene blue itself doesn't, but again, with it being a reduced form, um, it may have a little more accentuated mitochondrial anti-aging activity. And, and now speaking about the color of methylene blue, that dark blue and it stains really easily on your tongue and your teeth and of course countertops as people have found and, and skin and clothes. But leucomethylene blue, since it's a reduced form, it's a much fainter blue. So for those that don't like the stained teeth and the stained tongue, maybe you're a working professional or it's like you're just in an environment where you don't want to have to deal with that, but you still want to take methylene blue. 
This leucomethylene blue, again, it's an oxidized version. It's not oxidized. It's a reduced version. And so the color is much fainter. So when you consume it, uh, that blue that would be on your tongue or your teeth is extremely minimal compared to the normal methylene blue. So that's another pro for some people on top of the lower toxicity, higher, higher bioabsorption, and the more instant antioxidant effect. But let's dig a little more into what it means that leucomethylene blue works as a cyclic and regenerative antioxidant. And before we get to that, let's just think of the name leucomethylene blue. Leuco means white, just like a leukocyte is a white blood cell. So leucomethylene blue is essentially calling it white methylene blue. And when you look at the difference in the color of, of, the, of the two powders, methylene blue and leucomethylene blue, leucomethylene blue is a very, very dark, 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 dark green appearance. It's not until it hits water that it turns that royal blue, that beautiful blue that you see. Uh, whereas leucomethylene blue is a very, very bright white lime green color. So again, it maintains that green like methylene blue, but it's virtually white backslash lime green. And again, once it hits the water, it has a much more faint color in the water. So again, when you absorb it, or if you like put it on your skin or, or what have you, it, it's, it's a much more muted uh, staining effect compared to methylene blue. But again, let's get back to the fact that leucomethylene blue works as a cyclic and regenerative antioxidant, and let's just define those. So first, a cyclic antioxidant. It refers to antioxidants that undergo cycles of redox reactions where they can repeatedly donate and accept electrons to neutralize free radicals. Free radicals, another way of saying reactive oxygen species. So examples of cyclic antioxidants could include those that are part of the enzymatic antioxidant systems in the body, such as glutathione, peroxidase, and superoxide dismutase systems. When we look at regenerative antioxidant, this refers to an antioxidant that has the ability to be restored or regenerated after neutralizing a free radical. For example, some antioxidants like vitamin C, vitamin E, can be regenerated by other antioxidants or enzymes in the body. And it's this regenerative capacity that allows these antioxidants to continue their protective function against antioxidative stress. So in summary, while the terms cyclic antioxidant and regenerative antioxidant uh, may not be standard nomenclature, the concepts they suggest relate to the cyclic nature of some antioxidants' activity or their ability to be regenerated within the body's antioxidant defense systems. Antioxidants play a crucial role in neutralizing free radicals and protecting cells from oxidative damage, which is implicated in various diseases and the aging process. And we have to look no further, ladies and gentlemen, than the free radical theory of aging. And so it's all right there in the title. One of the main theories of aging itself is our exposure internally, physiologically, to free radicals or reactive oxygen species. Those are the same thing. And both of those, the free radicals or the reactive oxygen species, when they become oxidized, that leads to the oxidative damage that's implicated in these diseases and the aging processes. So again, if we want to think of aging as being exposed to excessive free radicals, 
then that's where this whole concept and this whole trend, if you want to call it, of antioxidants, where you're taking all these antioxidant supplements or even wine. I mean, you have the quote-unquote antioxidant properties of resveratrol. Granted, you'd have to drink way too much wine to make those antioxidant properties worth it. I mean, the ethanol is going to outweigh the the pro of, of consuming the resveratrol. But again, everyone's getting hopped up on antioxidants, and that's part and parcel because of this free radical theory of aging where you essentially want to quench and you want to mop up any excessive free radicals because once they become oxidized, that's where a lot of these diseases and aging occurs. So let's look into some examples of these cyclic or regenerative antioxidants just so you can have some reference for some other ones that are out there. And these were alluded to already, some of them, uh, such as glutathione. Glutathione is a tripeptide that acts as a crucial intracellular antioxidant. It participates, participates in redox cycles and can be regenerated by enzymes such as glutathione reductase. Glutathione plays a central role in protecting cells from oxidative damage. Then we have coenzyme Q10 or CoQ10, which is a lipid-soluble antioxidant that is part of the electron transport chain in the mitochondria. It can undergo redox cycles, accepting and donating electrons. CoQ10 is involved in cellular energy production and has antioxidant properties. Then we have ubiquinol, which is the reduced form of CoQ10, and it acts as an antioxidant in the body, particularly in lipid membranes, and can be regenerated to its active form through enzymatic processes. And then we have vitamin C, which is water-soluble and plays a a role uh, as an antioxidant in both the aqueous and lipid compartments of cells. It can donate electrons to neutralize free radicals and regenerated by enzymes in the body. And then we have uh, thioredoxin, which is a small protein that participates in redox reactions within cells. It can donate electrons to reduce other proteins and molecules. Thioredoxin is part of the cellular defense against oxidative stress. And then let's look at some regenerative antioxidants. And and there's some crossover between these here, but there's also some new ones. We have vitamin C, which we already talked about. Then we have, well, let's go into the the little definition here. So again, it's water-soluble. But the important part here for the regenerative antioxidant component of vitamin C, that after donating electrons, it can be regenerated by enzymes such as glutathione reductase, allowing it to continue its antioxidant function. Okay, now we have vitamin E, which is a fat-soluble antioxidant that protects cell membranes from oxidative damage. After neutralizing free radicals, vitamin E can be regenerated by vitamin C. The interaction between these two vitamins is an example of a regenerative process. Then we have glutathione again. Uh, As it relates to it being a regenerative antioxidant, it can be oxidized during the process of neutralizing free radicals, but can be regenerated to its active form by enzymes such as glutathione reductase. Then we have ubiquinol, which is that reduced form of CoQ10. And after donating electrons to neutralize free radicals, ubiquinol can be regenerated to its form, ubiquinone, through through enzymatic processes. Melatonin. So in addition to its role in regulating sleep, it has massive antioxidant properties. 
it can neutralize free radicals and be regenerated to its active form by other antioxidants in the body. Another one is uh, carotenoids or, or beta-carotene. Um, so, so these are antioxidants found in fruits and vegetables. Beta-carotene can be converted to vitamin A in the body, and after neutralizing free radicals, vitamin A can be regenerated by enzymatic processes. And then last one, like we spoke about before, thioredoxin. After participating in redox actions, it can be regenerated to its active form. So again, the regenerative uh, component of these regenerative antioxidants. And so these examples illustrate the dynamic nature of the body's antioxidant systems, where antioxidants work in concert and regenerative processes allow them to continue their protective functions. The interplay between different antioxidants contributes to maintaining cellular redox balance and protecting against oxidative stress. Okay, so now we've covered this, this, this interesting topic of cyclic antioxidants and regenerative antioxidants. But now let's bring it back to methylene blue, the, the leucomethylene blue, um, and, and how it works as a powerful and regenerative antioxidant. So leucomethylene blue is a phenothiazine derivative and can be oxidized to methylene blue. It's one of the very few regenerative antioxidant having cyclic redox activity. Because of its hydrophilicity and lipophilicity, so it being both water-loving and fat-loving, so it can be soluble in either water or fat, it has a high level of permeability through biological membranes. Leucomethylene blue can cycle readily between oxidized and reduced forms in mitochondria by directly transferring its electrons to cytochrome C and getting re-oxidized to methylene blue. Such characteristics allow it to work as a catalytic redox cycler in mitochondria. As a result, leucomethylene blue possesses the capacity to protect cells against the harmful effects of oxidative stress brought on by pathogenic circumstances, thus working as a regenerative antioxidant. So we went through all those different molecules and vitamins that are cyclic and or regenerative antioxidants, but methylene blue specifically does that at a high level in the mitochondria. So that's the big difference here is the, the methylene blue is getting into the mitochondria. And as we know, getting past that blood-brain barrier or being permeable, most of the methylene blue ends up in your brain. So think about leucomethylene blue and its capacity for being this regenerative and cyclic antioxidant in your brain, let alone all over your body. Of course, it works systemically. But again, a lot of the methylene blue, leucomethylene blue as well, ends up in your brain. And so what are some of the applications and uses? Uh, and you're going to be familiar with these from, from methylene blue itself. The first one being methemoglobinemia. So methemoglobinemia is a disorder that occurs when there is a higher than normal amount of methemoglobin, which is a form of hemoglobin that cannot carry oxygen, which is detected in the blood and which lowers the amount of oxygen that is carried by the blood and has the potential to induce hypoxemia in the tissues. Methemoglobinemia can be treated with leucomethylene blue. It works by oxidizing methemoglobin and converting it back into hemoglobin. 
And so there's research articles to verify that. Another one is Alzheimer's, speaking of the brain. Leucomethylene blue helps in the treatment of Alzheimer's by inhibiting tau protein aggregation and preventing abnormal accumulation of proteins within and around brain cells. And we're going to cover this more via some research articles here shortly. Then we have malaria, which is caused by parasites. So we know that methylene blue is, is one of the best antivirals, but it's also one of the best antiparasitics out there. And, and same with leucomethylene blue. So leucomethylene blue's ability to fight malaria has been linked to its antioxidant properties, which selectively target glutathione reductase, which we covered with all those uh, cyclical and, and, and regenerative antioxidants, a crucial enzyme in the life cycle of plasmodium falciparum, the parasite that is responsible for the disease. And so there's, there's research articles to verify that. And then its potential for anti-aging activity. So according to the free radicals theory of aging, the deterioration of cells and tissues with age is caused by the actions of free radicals. During the process of aging, human cells produce reactive oxygen species predominantly in their mitochondria. So just as a reminder, that, that's a normal byproduct of ATP production is, is free radicals or reactive oxygen species. But the, the body has, has certain processes, certain loops, if you will, to deal with these reactive oxygen species. It's when they become excessive and then we see this oxidation and the oxidative stress that leads to these deleterious effects and, and quote-unquote aging. So this results in a decrease in the mass of mitochondria as well as their capacity and efficiency for respiration. Respiration is another term for ATP production. Dysfunctional mitochondria lead to decreased ATP production and increased reactive oxygen species production, which would further damage mitochondria. This vicious loop causes serious harm to the cells of the body and speeds up the aging process. Due to the fact that it is a powerful antioxidant, methylene blue is able to effectively combat reactive oxygen species and inhibits the accelerated aging that is caused by reactive oxygen species. So guys, that brings up a really good point about the, the negative ramifications and consequences of excess production of, of free radicals and, and reactive oxygen species. So not only do you have to worry about the potential of oxidative damage, which in and of itself is one of the reasons for, for aging and, and decreased vitality and health, but it also leads to increased uh, dysfunctional mitochondria. So again, that vicious cycle, you don't only have to worry about oxidative damage, but now you have to worry about more mitochondria becoming dysfunctional, which again leads to more reactive oxygen species, which leads to more dysfunctional mitochondria. So again, that vicious loop it's alluding to. And so you're not only dealing with, with one issue, you're dealing with an issue compounding on itself. So again, the name of the game is improving the function of your mitochondria. By doing that, and doing that alone, you're going to help quell the production or the excess production of free radicals. And thus, you're going to quell oxidative damage. And thus, you're going to quell inflammation because inflammation comes from oxidative stress and vice versa. So again, a lot of it just comes down to the root cause being 
mitochondrial function. And again, that's what makes mito or methylene blue so amazing is because of its impact on your mitochondria. And again, the major synergism with red light therapy. So let's look over some advantages of leucomethylene blue over methylene blue. Leucomethylene blue itself shows antioxidant properties and it has a rapid antioxidant effect. Methylene blue may take more time as it needs to be reduced to leucomethylene blue to exhibit its action. So that's why a methylene or leucomethylene blue has a has a more rapid antioxidant effect and maybe a higher antioxidant effect uh, is because methylene blue itself has to be converted in your body and reduced to leucomethylene blue to exhibit that action. Uh, secondly, leucomethylene blue is an instant antioxidant as it rapidly oxidizes to methylene blue, thus should show rapid onset of action. Again, as we alluded to, methylene blue may take more time as it needs to be reduced to leucomethylene blue to exhibit its action. And then leucomethylene blue is effective in methemoglobinemia patients suffering from glucose 6-phosphate dehydrogenase deficiency or G6PD deficiency. And we'll get into this in a moment in a research article. Whereas methylene blue treatment will not work for those with glucose 6-phosphate dehydrogenase or G6PD deficiency. So there's, there's just one example of where leucomethylene blue can be effective in a condition or in an instance where methylene blue cannot. And so who knows what else will be teased out in the research and in, in future studies where leucomethylene blue has an advantage over methylene blue. And then as I mentioned, since it is uh, more of a white powder and, and less intense blue, you're gonna have less staining on your tongue, less staining on your lips, teeth, so on and so forth. For those that are concerned about that aspect of methylene blue, also the flavor profile, if you want to call it that, is more muted as well. So I know some people aren't a huge fan of the quote-unquote flavor of methylene blue. Leucomethylene blue is a more subtle flavor profile, if, if we want to call it that. So that's another advantage of leucomethylene blue. And then lastly, for those that want to use methylene blue on your pets because pets have mitochondria and I've done the research and with all the ingredients that are in BioBlue, so of course the water, the pharmaceutical grade methylene blue, the colloidal gold, the colloidal silver, and the fulvic acid, all of those ingredients are able to be ingested at least by dogs. Uh, and I would imagine anything with mitochondria, which would be all mammals, could see the benefits of taking methylene blue on a consistent basis, especially brains. And then if you're looking at the anti-aging component, if you want your pet to have an increased health span, methylene blue is certainly something to consider. And so I'm saying that leucomethylene blue could have an advantage for, for those pet lovers out there because like my German Shepherd, when he drinks water, he laps it up and then 90% of it just falls you know, drools out of his mouth onto the floor and goes everywhere. So if I were to give him methylene blue, that would be an absolute mess. So actually what I've started to do uh, this week with my German Shepherd, his name's Kygo, is in some peanut butter, I'll mix some of this BioBlue Luco, which is what the product's gonna be called, which is the exact same formula as BioBlue, 
but instead of the pharmaceutical grade methylene blue, it's pharmaceutical grade leucomethylene blue. And so since it has a less potent uh, staining than the methylene blue, it's much more easy to give to him and mix in the peanut butter and then uh, the, the methylene blue doesn't stain and get everywhere, whether that's all over his face or all over the floor or what have you. So again, I think the leucomethylene blue lends itself to being a little more pet friendly than that dark staining methylene blue. And so as promised, let's just jump into a little bit of the research here as it relates to leucomethylene blue. And the first article we're gonna cover has to do with that G6PD issue as, as it relates to methemoglobinemia treatment. So I'll just quickly go through the abstract here. The article is actually from September of last year, so relatively new, uh, within the last four months or so. It's entitled, The Potential of Leucomethylene Blue in Methemoglobinemia Treatment, A New Hope for Patients with G6PD? And yes, that was a question mark at the end with my inflection. But just quickly going through the abstract here, I don't have the full text. Uh, they say that methylene blue has been routinely used to treat methemoglobinemia. In the body, methylene blue is reduced to leucomethylene blue by NADPH-dependent methemoglobin reductase. And then leucomethylene blue reduces um, iron from Fe3 plus to Fe2 plus. So in G6PD, which again is glucose 6-phosphate dehydrogenase deficiency, NADPH is not produced sufficiently to protect urethrocytes against oxidative stress and to take part in relevant biochemical reactions. Since methylene blue is an oxidative agent, its administration in individuals with G6PD deficiency leads to an increased risk of hemolysis through oxidative stress and even death. Therefore, its administration has been prohibited from treating methemoglobinemia in G6PD patients. As an antioxidant and direct reducing agent for iron-3, LMBD or leucomethylene blue may be prescribed for treating methemoglobinemia in patients with G6PD deficiency. Considering the biochemical process of turning methylene blue into leucomethylene blue and the reducing nature of leucomethylene blue, it seems leucomethylene blue is a safer drug than methylene blue in treating methemoglobinemia. Leucomethylene blue can even be administered in other treatments without any concern about increasing oxidative stress or exacerbating the inflammation. Proof of concept, experimental, and clinical trials could substantiate this hypothesis. So again, ladies and gentlemen, long story short, I mean, this is just one example of how methylene blue may not be appropriate or may even be dangerous, and this is a very specific condition. And then leucomethylene blue being the reduced form because if your body doesn't have the ability to reduce methylene blue to leucomethylene blue, that's where the issue occurs. And so again, that's where leucomethylene blue may be more advantageous is A, it may be safer, B, again, it's less toxic than methylene blue because it's reduced, so it's going to have less potential for carrying any toxins or, or metals per se. And then again, it's more bioavailable and it's, it's more quickly available because it's already reduced. So it's worth noting, and this is kind of just like an interesting fact about looking at research articles in general, is something called MESH entry terms. It's capital M, lowercase e, capital S, capital H. So MESH stands for Medical Subject Headings, which is the National Library of Medicine's Controlled Vocabulary Thesaurus 
used for indexing articles for the Medline and PubMed database. So all of that to say in layman's terms, when you're looking up research, and I use primarily PubMed, you need to have certain words that you're looking up to capture the the articles and thus the, the topic you're, you're trying to look for. And I bring all of this up because if you go to PubMed or Medline and you type in leukomethylene blue, you're gonna find very, very little. But that's because you need to use the proper mesh term. And that means basically there's, there's synonyms for the same topic. Uh, and so what I've used is what's called PubChem, which is, which is a subdivision, so to speak, of uh, PubMed, which just outlines all the information you want about a certain chemical. So I'm looking up leukomethylene blue, and I'm scrolling all the way down to look at mesh entry terms. And this is where we come up with synonyms, and there's gonna be much more research to be found on these mesh terms versus typing in leukomethylene blue. So for example, instead of typing in leukomethylene blue, we could type in hydromethylthionine or hydromethylthionine mesylate, or leukomethylthioninium, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. So, so anyway, I copy and pasted those terms into PubMed, which led to me seeing much more research on leukomethylene blue, because again, those terms are interchangeable. And so one of the interesting articles I found had to do with leukomethylene blue and its impact on Alzheimer's disease which led to me finding this interesting website called TauRx, T-A-U-R-X.com, which is seemingly a company that is, uh, well, their tagline is Innovation in Neurodegeneration. This company has seemingly carried out some interesting research in this area. And so before we dig into their research, which has some uh, interesting terms and vocabulary, I figured we would review those quickly just so we're on the same page when we when we talk about the, the article and so it has a little more impact. And so let's first cover tau and tau pathology as it relates to neurodegenerative disease. So, and a lot of you are probably familiar with this, but this is a good review nonetheless. Uh, there are two hallmark pathologies in Alzheimer's disease, tau and amyloid, both of which begin before dementia. The formation of uh, beta amyloid plaques in the brain plays a role in clinical dementia and has dominated Alzheimer's disease research and drug development for the past 20 years. However, research has consistently shown that beta amyloid plaques are poorly correlated with clinical symptoms of dementia. Healthy tau protein has an important function in stabilizing cell structure for transporting important neurotransmitters and nutrients within the neurons. Misfolding of normal tau protein leads to tau aggregation and the formation of tau tangles, which disrupt neuronal function in the brain. Tau tangles can be seen in the brains of patients decades before symptoms are present. Tau pathology has been proven to correlate strongly with disease progression. In Alzheimer's, tau tangles first destroy nerve cells critical for memory and then destroy neurons in other parts of the brain as the tau aggregation process spreads from neuron to neuron, 
throughout the brain. So again, a, a, an important look into tau and tau pathology. And then here's here's a probably a new one for most of you, and this was new for me as well, something that's called neurofilament light chain in neurodegenerative diseases, abbreviated NFL, uh, whereas the N and the L are capital, the, the F is lowercase, so hence neurofilament light, NFL. Uh, but, but moving on here, so neurofilament light chain which we'll call NFL now, is a structural protein that abnormally helps support the shape and function of brain cells. In Alzheimer's disease, brain cells are damaged, which causes the brain to shrink or atrophy, and symptoms such as declining cognition uh, tend to occur. When these brain cells are damaged, they release NFL into the bloodstream or neurofilament light chain into the bloodstream which can then be detected in the blood plasma. So, an increase of NFL levels in the plasma can possibly indicate, indicate an increase in damage to brain cells. In fact, research has shown that blood plasma levels of NFL correlate directly with the severity of symptoms and pathology of Alzheimer's disease. NFL levels have been shown to increase in preclinical Alzheimer's disease before symptoms appear, indicating neurodegeneration. In people with Alzheimer's disease, increased amounts of NFL in the blood correspond to decreased thinking ability and function. They also correlate with mild cognitive impairment and other, other hallmarks of Alzheimer's disease, like brain shrinkage and tau tangles on PET scan. Moreover, high levels of NFL at the present can predict how much a person with Alzheimer's disease will decline in terms of their physical and mental capacity in the future. NFL is an established biomarker in Alzheimer's disease, but it is not specific to Alzheimer's disease. Since NFL is released any time that the brain cells are damaged, that damage can be caused by other factors. Thus, NFL cannot be used for diagnosis of Alzheimer's disease. However, in a person who has already been diagnosed, this protein may be used as a powerful tool for measuring and predicting disease progression. So that's an interesting one, neurofilament light chain, NFL, which is an interesting timing as, as we're getting close to the Super Bowl here. But again, let, so let's take that information we just learned about tau and tau pathology for neurodegenerative disease and neurofilament light chain as we look into this study as it relates to leukomethylene blue and how it uh, significantly reduces neurodegeneration in Alzheimer's disease. So again, this was conducted by uh, Tau Rx, who is a global leader in tau-based research in Alzheimer's disease. And this article is from, I mean, it came out, the press release came out around uh, uh, mid-July of last year, so about six months ago. Uh, and so the article says that they announced results from a pre-specified analysis of a phase three lucidity trial, lucidity is all caps, L-U-C-I-D-T-Y, that measured the impact of, and it's called in the article here, hydromethylthionine mesylate, which again is a mesh term for leukomethylene blue. So they measured the impact of leukomethylene blue on neurofilament light chain, an established biomarker for brain neurodegeneration. So the article goes on to say, blood concentration of NFL 
showed a statistically significant 93% reduction in change over 12 months in participants receiving leucomethylene blue at a dose of 16 milligrams per day. And, and just to step back, uh, ladies and gentlemen, that'd be the same thing as 32 drops, like if you're taking BioBlue Luco, because it's two drops per milligram. So we're looking at 32 drops per day relative to the control group, which correlated significantly with a tau biomarker in blood. Neurofilaments and tau proteins are essential for neuronal structure and function in the brain. In Alzheimer's disease, tau protein aggregates to form toxic, toxic fibrils, which damage neurons. The extent of this damage can be measured by the amount of leakage of a neurofilament protein in, into the bloodstream. NFL concentration in blood is known to correlate with tau pathology, disease severity, and therefore cognitive decline and brain atrophy in Alzheimer's disease. Leucomethylene blue, a tau aggregation inhibitor, was designed to reduce tau pathology in Alzheimer's disease. Changes in NFL concentration by leucomethylene blue indicate a direct impact on disease pathology. So pretty riveting information and a riveting study on really the profound impacts of leucomethylene blue on the brain. And, and so that's looking at what leucomethylene blue can do in essentially reversing neurodegeneration, let alone what it could, what it could do from a, a preventative or, or a mitigative uh, standpoint. So that's kind of where I see methylene blue and leucomethylene blue in red light therapy is as much as it can be a preventing progression or mitigating progression of diseases and or reversing uh, certain pathologies, using these modalities as a prophylactic or more so as a preventative measure, as a proactive measure, so that you don't have to deal with those types of, of issues down the road. And so, of course, with methylene blue and leucomethylene blue going mostly into the brain, I don't see why we can't essentially put a halt to neurodegeneration, put a halt to brain diseases and brain maladies. And we're already seeing methylene blue and red light therapy used uh, in concussion or, or TBI situations. Um, and so, again, I think I think we're kind of on the precipice of, of this being the future of, of brain diseases and brain maladies, let alone mitochondrial health and mitochondrial medicine, if we want to call it that. I, I think these two modalities are high, high, high on the pedestal for mitochondrial function enhancement and maintenance of overall mitochondrial health. And so again, at the time of this recording, BioLite will just be releasing its leucomethylene blue product. It'll be called BioBlue Leuco. And so again, it'll be the exact same recipe per se, but instead of using the pharmaceutical grade methylene blue, it'll be using pharmaceutical grade leucomethylene blue. So you'll have the high quality water, you'll have the leucomethylene blue, colloidal gold, colloidal silver, and purified fulvic acid. And I just want people to know that when they go to look at this leucomethylene blue product, when they go to the BioBlue Leuco product page and they see the price, that that is a reflection of the cost of sourcing a pure, a ultra pure, high quality pharmaceutical grade leucomethylene blue. 
which is twice as expensive as methylene blue itself. Because in order to process it, in order to manufacture it, they have to go through extra processes to reduce the methylene blue to leucomethylene blue, thus your body doesn't have to do it. And that's why we see this enhanced bioabsorption, enhanced bioavailability. We see the, the quicker antioxidant hit, the quicker cognitive focus uh, hit, if you will, from methylene blue. Uh, and it's even more pure and, and less toxic, if you will. I hate using the word toxic because the methylene blue we use is already ultra pure as is. But again, by reducing it, you're just further removing whatever impurities are left. So, so the leucomethylene blue is very much a, a premium product, so to speak, because of how expensive the leucomethylene blue uh, powder is itself. So just take that into consideration. Don't, don't think that BioLiter or, or we're just trying to jack up the price for the sake of jacking up the price. Uh, the, the margins, quite frankly, don't change at all. Again, the price is secondary to the uh, to the price of the leucomethylene blue itself. But again, it's for those people, in my mind, I'm just thinking out loud here, it's for those people that don't want the excessively stained tongue and teeth and or they're drawn to the additional benefits of leucomethylene blue, the reduced solvents or the reduced impurities, the enhanced bioavailability, the, the, the quicker hit of the antioxidant effect and the cognitive effect. And then, like I mentioned before, the potential to use it with your pets, it's a lot less messy. It doesn't stain as much. Uh, and also, it's not as intense of a flavor profile. So for those that think the methylene blue is a little strong or a little uh, synthetic and, and, and uh, just distasteful, the leucomethylene blue is, is much less so. So I highly recommend you guys at least go check it out. Go look at the, the write-up and all the information we have on that page. Go check out the product. Uh, just like the original BioBlue, you'll have the option to subscribe to it and save uh, at a discounted rate. You can buy it in two packs, four packs, 10 packs, just like the BioBlue. And of course, say to have additional savings, the more you purchase at once, just like we do with the BioBlue. If you're a physician or if you're someone who wants to wholesale the product, either to resell or use with your clients and patients, that will certainly be offered with the BioBlue Luco as well. So keep all of that in mind. But I'll, I'll just be very interested and curious to see what people notice, what kind of feedback we get once people start utilizing the BioBlue Luco more and more. Uh, we've already gotten phenomenal feedback from people utilizing the BioBlue, phenomenal results, whether it's fighting off COVID or fighting off different infections or even skin health itself. Like people notice their skin has been less dry or just looks better since they started using the BioBlue. And then, of course, all the cognitive and, and mental faculties that have improved. Some people have seen improved sleep. Some people have already noticed improved athletic capacity, which makes sense if you're producing more energy at the mitochondrial level. You're going to have increased endurance and increased uh, muscle capacity for exercising. So again, just like red light therapy, it seems like there's endless opportunities for health and wellness improvements with, with methylene blue. And leucomethylene blue takes that to the next level with it being in a reduced form so your body doesn't have to reduce it and, and you see more benefits that way. But for you loyal listeners, especially all of you guys that have listened to the very end here, I'm going to offer you guys an exclusive, and this is for the first two weeks after this podcast is released, you can get a 15% discount off your order of BioBlue Luco by using coupon code LUCO15. 
And I'm only going to put this discount here. So for you listeners, uh, you're, you're getting an exclusive discount here. Luco 15, L-E-U-C-O 1515. You can get 15% off your order of Leucomethylene Blue. And that can be on a single bottle. That can be on a two-pack, a four-pack, or a 10-pack. So you can take advantage of that 15% discount for the first couple of weeks after the release of this episode. But as always, guys, I hope you found this episode riveting, informational, interesting, however you want to phrase it. I, I just hope I'm bringing more interesting, novel, and potentially applicable information to you guys. You know, we covered some of that interesting feedback we got from that Instagram post and how people are seeing these amazing, widespread benefits from red light therapy. And then, of course, we learned a lot about our potentially our new best friend in leucomethylene blue whether we want to call it the brother or the sister, or the cousin of, of methylene blue. And then one thing I do want to add that you want to consider as it relates to methylene blue versus leucomethylene blue, since leucomethylene blue has less of a color, less of that blue color in, in when it's mixed with water and when you consume it, it has a much lesser photodynamic capacity compared to methylene blue. So if you're really motivated to use methylene blue to have that synergistic effect with red light therapy, then you'll probably want to stick with the original bio blue. If you're looking into that increased mental capacity, increased antioxidant effect, decreased staining, then you may want to look at the bio blue leuco. And I think you could use both for those different situations. Use the regular meth or bio blue when you want to do red light therapy. Uh, and then you can use a leucomethylene blue throughout the day whenever you want to have that increased cognitive hit or increased uh, bout of focus, use a leucomethylene blue. And of course, we're seeing already with, with the research we covered, leucomethylene blue may have enhanced capacity for certain situations like, like brain and neurodegeneration. So that may be another reason to use leucomethylene blue versus uh, the original bio blue flavor, if you will. So I just wanted to put that out there too. But I know we've had a string of solo sods here, and it's always fun to have some back and forth with an expert in their respective field or topic. So, but looking at the uh, numbers here for for how much traction these episodes have been getting in January, it seems like you guys are really, really liking this the the covering of the research, and maybe that's much more applicable for what you guys are looking for here with this podcast. I know we haven't been as much hardcore, just strict on the red light therapy, but I think we can all agree that methylene blue and, and just learning about the mitochondria itself has its time and place as well, learning about infrared saunas and all that good stuff. So it seems like you guys are liking this information, but again, I know that it's always nice to have another voice, another thought, another opinion, another uh, expert in their respective topic to to converse with and learn from. So we'll be certainly having more of those going forward with some interspersed solo sods as well. So you got all that to look forward to. There's a particular topic you especially want me to kind of riff on or, or speak about. Please let me know. And I'm always happy to do my research and, and learn more and, in, and then purport it here on the Red Light Report. But as always, thank you guys for your time and listening to this episode. Thank you for your support. If you haven't already, please leave a quick five-star review on either Apple Podcast or Spotify so that more and more people can find this episode or find this podcast and learn about this information uh, just like you have, and hopefully they can improve their health and wellness, especially at the mitochondrial level. So you guys have an amazing week. I'll see you on the next episode. And as always, 
light up your health. Thank you for listening to the Red Light Report. If you like what you heard today, go ahead and leave us a review on iTunes and other podcast platforms to help spread the word so other people can learn about the many health, wellness, and longevity benefits of red light therapy. If you're looking for more educational content, check out our Instagram page at biolight.shop and our YouTube channel, Biolight. I'm Dr. Mike Belkowski, and I'll see you on the next episode.